It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Day to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, Scoop Nation, and welcome to the Morning Scoop for Tuesday, October 25th. I will be joined today by TJ Downing as we discuss takeaways from the Iowa game this past weekend, some top performers, and what we were able to learn both from this team as well as uh, from the college football landscape as a whole. We'll also look ahead to Penn State and see what it would take for the Nittany Lions to potentially play spoiler to this Ohio State team in Happy Valley and the likelihood that that could happen on Halloween weekend. As always, be sure to like this video and subscribe to the Buckeye Scoop YouTube channel so that you can stay up to date with all of the most recent content as soon as it's released. And if you're not a member yet, be sure to check out BuckeyeScoop.com and join today so that you have access to the Ask the Insiders board as we get into the October stretch and November stretch of games in the Big Ten, leading into what hopes to be a Big Ten championship and a college football playoff championship for the Ohio State Buckeyes. With that being said, join me in welcoming TJ as we get started from today's episode. TJ, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good, man. Good. Uh, it's uh, it's fun that we had some football back this weekend in Columbus. That's always a thing. It's always a good thing to get a win. It's Weather's cooperating, so we actually had like a nice weather weekend yep. of college football and high school football around the state of Ohio. So, yeah, man, uh, doing good. Sad to see that regular season for high school football is over, and we're really we're kind of near in the end here for college football too. You know, we got we uh, what's the old saying? We say uh, uh, October or September's for uh, pretenders, and November's for contenders. There yeah. it is, yeah. old Jim Circle saying. So we're getting ready to step into that next week, where you're going to find out who the real contenders are. Yeah, the the bulk of the schedule is really picking up, and especially just the last two weeks too. I mean, you've seen so many more like ranked matchups, um, you know, so many more uh, top ten matchups. You know, Big Twelve, especially in the Big Twelve, I feel like it's been TCU versus a you know top ten, fifteen team every single week. I feel like, and they've got uh, you know a couple matchups still on the on the road here coming up, but um, SECs getting really into the thick of everything. You got a couple rivalry games this weekend, a couple big games next weekend and the big 10. We all know what's going on there. So uh, we got Penn state this weekend, but really wanted to, uh, to start off today and just go over kind of a recap and, and takeaways of 
the Iowa game. Um, obviously, uh, I, I underestimated, I think, the uh, the power of the offense uh, <laughs> against this Iowa defense because, uh, you know, 50, 50 plus points is, is nothing to uh, shake a stick at, especially with Kirk Ferentz. But what were your uh, initial just kind of takeaways from the game and, and what we can kind of learn from this team? Yeah, I, I too was a lot like you uh, thinking, eh, thought maybe we'd have our way running the ball against them. Mm. And it really wasn't the case. I mean, you're leading rusher 38 yards for Trev. I mean, um, thought we would have gotten more out of that. You know, he didn't even get into the end zone. Mayan Williams was able to get the lone rushing mm-hmm. touchdown. I thought at least against this Iowa defense, we'd have have at least two or three rushing touchdowns. But, you know, as, as I mentioned, I thought this would be like a Tommy Ike type or he would he would step up and really kind of flex for Ohio State's defense. Maybe even I think I threw out a uh, um, maybe a Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week award for him if he could yeah. really fill in this game like we thought he could. Jack Campbell did that for for the Iowa defense. I mean, he was in there on nine tackles. I mean, led the defense. We kind of knew coming in that he was going to be one of their main guys and it's going to have to be somebody that we were going to have to block and put a hat on. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, it's just, it's really hard to tell a game that ends up 54 to 10 where you were kicking a bunch of field goals early. Um, you were not, you use a map you, in your you're, car. you're not really Why thinking use that uh, you're going to have a struggle with Iowa's defense the way that you were. So for me, that was just kind of surprising. Hey, real, real quick. Sorry. It's something's something else is playing in the background. Yeah, just uh, I had one of my computers fire up here. My studio is <laughs> under construction, and uh, <laughs> I was, I'm in the bank vault where you guys get uh, uh, stories from the vault every week, and I'm going to have some really good ones coming up this week for Penn State. Oh, nice. but I don't know if you got a chance to hear last week our, uh, our Iowa um, uh, stories from the vault. Um, back when I had to save Kirk Barton, our, uh, our Scoop Prez, I had to save his life up in Iowa City. I uh, I remember you you mentioned it on uh, on our conversation last week and I, I checked it out once uh once you put it out but um yeah if you if you haven't listened definitely uh check it out at the Buckeye Scoop YouTube channel it's available there um is it available on uh, on your own um own links as well or you can plug yeah, those as well you, yeah if you just go to the Buckeye Scoop um uh YouTube page and then I'll have it up uh you'll see it every week up on my Twitter account so follow along there, OG Seven Deuce, and got a lot of stuff over at uh, Stark Media Team. So check out some some different high school football action coming down the line. But we always kind of try and put out their stories from Vault every week, and kind of really just the premise behind it, you know, giving people uh, giving people a little insight from a player's side, like you know the stories you just might not hear, yeah. you know, and it's not always just going to be stories from back when I played, but. You know, uh, for for Wisconsin week, we threw it back to a good buddy of mine who played up there in Iowa, and they dumped the hairy buffalo on him. So Earl Bruce is screaming from the <laughs> sidelines, like, get him out. He's got a red jersey on. Everybody's in the white, and he's out there kind of wringing it out of his mouth, like, before the kickoff, trying to get it all out. So we'll have some other stories we'll kick from back in the day, buddies of ours. Um, we're going to have a cool little thing coming up, too. Uh, want to start promoting this, man. If people can get out there to the Unverfirth house, everybody remembers the legend, John Hicks. We're going to have something out there uh, that, that we'll be announcing. You follow along on uh, Buckeye Scoop, also Stark Media Team on our different social media platforms. But a huge, uh, the John Hicks Unreferred Unlimited Love Foundation, uh, what they're going to do there for co- uh, not just only Don Unreferred, but for uh, for diabetes around the area, for people struggling, for people uh, you know that can't afford certain things. It, John Hicks's mission was to give back to others. And so there was a huge event we did at the uh, – 
I'm drawing a blank. It was over there in Westerville last year on, on the uh, location, but had a couple, had about a couple thousand people show up. Great live auction, hang out, rub elbows with guys like Beanie mm-hmm. and, and Keith Byers and, and uh, Buster Douglas is always in the house. So yeah, man, it's, uh, it, it's, it's good stuff, man. Being able to try and give back and tell some stories and, and, and hear about guys, you know, um, yeah. I think yeah, I might have actually bid on some of those items because I think I, I remember the the uh, the auction you were talking about as well. But uh, yeah, yeah the it was, gloves, there was a, a ton, a ton like of stuff there. Bucks. I'm like, yeah. dude, Buster Douglas who beat Mike Tyson. Like, I need a pair of gloves for the man yeah. cave. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. I keep getting uh, reminders about about uh, different auctions and stuff now coming out of that too. So. Uh, yeah. it's definitely something to keep an eye on and, and, you know, those vault stories I really always look forward to as well. It just gives you that insight that, uh, that you don't really get anywhere else. So, you know, definitely if you haven't seen them, check them out, BuckeyeScoop.com, Stark Media, there's a ton of content available for all those kind of insights here. And I'm sure Penn State will, uh, lead to many more stories, uh, as, as we get closer to that as well. I'm pleased to play, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a, an interesting game. And, and I think one thing that I, I took away from this Iowa game too is, the, the defense to me, and I don't know, maybe it's, I mean, yeah, Iowa's offense is abysmal. So I don't, I don't know how much we can, we can actually learn about this Ohio State defense, but I don't think you can really uh, discount what they were able to do, even in spite of Iowa's offensive struggles, because I mean, six, almost seven uh, turn- turnovers with that, uh, that extra fumble that went out of bounds. I mean, that's, Michigan didn't do that. Nobody's been able to do that. You know, I mean, this is this is something that even as terrible as that offense is, you still got to play defense and, and the, their ability to play as well as they did and hold a team to, what was it, 160 total yards, I think, at most, yeah. um, is impressive, is really impressive. And, um, and I think Jim Knowles has this team, what, they're number two in total defense right now, which is insane, where we were last year with the same <laughs> roster of, of people, you know. Um, that, so, you know, that's a head scratcher, isn't I it? I know it's it's incredible to me to know. Like, I I really want to know now what what was Kerry Coombs doing with this <laughs> with this group because the the change is there and it it didn't take long to do it and it just took the right person and, and Ryan Day has made a, a fantastic hire and get going out and getting the guy that he wanted and uh, we're paying paying dividends at this point in the season so far and and I think that's going to be a, a really big crutch for this team to, to rely on as we get closer, you know, to, to the end of the season with teams like Penn state, uh, even teams like Maryland who can put up points. Um, you know, the, the defense is going to be really impactful, I think in that game. And obviously the, uh, the Michigan game is the one that everybody's circled on the calendar, but what were some of your thoughts just from a defensive standpoint, uh, you know, from an offensive standpoint, I think there's, there's a lot that, that we can grow from this week, but again, I'm not, I'm not really ever concerned with the offense um, under Ryan Day. So, what uh, what were some of kind of like your main takeaways from this defense? And do you think that we can actually expect them to to stay kind of at that level as we get like deeper into the the Big Ten schedule here? Yeah. Again, back to Tommy Eichenberg. I mean, he's expected to be a leader when you're in the middle of the defense, scored a touchdown in the ball game, right? I mean, he's. Um, I don't know if he's going to get that that Big Ten Player of the Week nod, but I think when when you see him constantly ringing up tackles, like we talked about, Jack Campbell does for Iowa. You know, when mm-hmm. your middle linebacker, you you want him to feel. We always at Ohio State, we want our middle linebacker to feel like Andy Katzmoyer. You know, we, we, we've had so many legendary linebackers, and I think that's a little something I'm going to have to throw out here on the thread on Buckeye Scoop. Uh, 
you know, we did a Mount Rushmore for running backs. Mm-hmm. But what would what would your linebacker one look like? I mean, I'm watching a throwback game the other night with a guy like Steve Tovar. How many great linebackers like Randy yeah. Gratishar, Marcus Merrick, going all the way back through the day, even up to my time with AJ Hawk? But you know, uh, we just want that linebacker to look physical, to be able to move around well, and that's the one thing I like about Eichenberg. You know, and and that's the difference of what you asked about the defense from last year to this year. It just feels like. We're in a better position to cover down on people when we need mm-hmm. to compared to before. And I don't know if, I mean, personnel wise, if you just throw it on that, because as you mentioned, a lot of the same dudes from last year, um, we just didn't feel like we could ever cover down on somebody when we needed to make a stop certain situations, we couldn't get it done. And, uh, and that was against, you know, higher end competition. So I get it. And yeah. higher end pass rush, like Hutchinson coming off the edge, you know, there were certain things you just have to deal with inside of, of an offensive uh, or from a defensive side and offensive side that they're variables in game that happen. You know, you don't expect Iowa's defense to limit our rush game. And they did, but Mm -hmm. for us defensively to be able to constantly be providing pressure up front to getting a helmet sticker. When you limit somebody to under 20 points in a ball game, you're getting a helmet sticker. So 10 points on the board for the Iowa Hawkeyes. You know what? That's a helmet sticker. That's a good job by the defense. And I want to be able to see, Linebackers who can cover because as we get deeper into the season and you talk about potentially facing SEC, ACC talent mm-hmm. um, and dealing with the Michigan Wolverines and their offense, you are going to have to be able to cover down from the linebacker position. People know that that has been a weakness in the past. And as you mentioned, paying dividends, uh, also paying a high price tag to be able to get goals <laughs> yeah. in here, you know, but that's a hey, good, better, best, right? Nothing against Kerry Coombs. Love what he did down in Cincinnati at Coleraine and, and where I believe he's at Cincinnati right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, like I like Kerry Coombs, you know, defensively, he made me want to pull my hair out. Uh, maybe I understand why he's got that, that Jack rabbit white hair. Um, but love what Jim Knowles is doing, man. It just seems like night and day defense, yep. night and day defense all the way around. A big thing too. And, and, I, and, it's something that I think at the beginning of the year, there were still questions like, you know, is Jim Knowles going to coach from the sideline? Is he going to coach from the box? And, and I don't know if he's had a game where he's coached on the sideline. I've, I've only ever seen him in the box. And I think that that's, uh, I know Kerry Coombs really wanted that energy. You know, he was the, the high energy wanted to, you know, greet his players coming off the field and just get them excited. And that was great. You know, if we're playing well, um, but I think that that's a big thing that that's gone kind of uh, maybe underestimated too with with the defensive coordinator position is Jim Knowles is able to really see everything a lot better and and make the calls and adjustments that he needs to and I think that's that's largely been a piece that I've noticed that uh, that he does specifically differently from Kerry Combs that that I think has been uh, you know proven to improve what this team has been able to do you know on the defensive side. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um... When you pay a price tag like that, when you when you're paying a guy, and I think we, you and I had maybe even talked about this at a point to where, you know, what's the difference from shifting from Oklahoma State to Ohio State just yeah. to be another just to be defensive coordinator again? Is that a lateral move? Does that feel like a is that a Bielema going from Wisconsin down to Arkansas? Is that a lateral move um, where Jim Knowles probably w- would have had his hat thrown around in a lot of circles to be a head coach somewhere? Mm-hmm. You know, so how, how do you, how do you, what do you kind of differentiate there and how long are you going to have him? Well, a lot of that is, is how much can you pay him? And 
fortunately for schools like Alabama, schools like Ohio State, yep. Michigan, you know, that Florida have those big uh, those big donor support bases and a lot of money there. I mean, you know, you can put a slush fund together of $300 million overnight at a school like that. You can hire anybody that you want. So works out well, schools like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I think this is the year he gets his Broyles uh, award as well. You know, yeah. I think uh, last year it, it, it's, it's getting um, more and more obvious the snub uh, of Jim Knowles last year with uh, uh, with uh, Gaddis winning the Broyles award and seeing what he's uh, what he's done down at Miami, which is not uh, anything to write home about <laughs> at this point so far in the season. They have not looked very good, but uh, I think his his turnaround over this defense is is solidified that in, in my opinion. And obviously, there's a little bit of bias there, but uh, I don't know how you don't give it to somebody that takes a a defensive unit that was you know, in the, I don't, I don't even know where they finished last year, but I know it was uh, around probably in the hundred past defense specifically. And then you put them into the number two, like it's insane. And I was looking through like all the, the game MVPs and the people I would give stickers to. And it's, you know, most of from this game, especially most of them came from the defense. I mean, they, they were flying around all over the place. And again, you know, yes, I was offense is terrible. Um, but you still got to play and you still got to cover and you still got to close. And, you know, this is the same team that threw for 250 yards plus against Michigan. So, you know, they can at least put up some numbers, you know, when they need to. And, uh, you know, the yeah. ability to, to hold them to, I think it was like 81 yards passing is, is impressive. And I, I got to give my hat off to a lot of like the secondary Tanner McAllister played great. Um, you know, uh, Denzel Burke played really well also, which was, was good to see. Um, and you had some people stepping in, in, in injury time as well. Um, and, and just getting kind of more of that, uh, exposure, more reps with, uh, Cam Brown being out. Um, but who are some of, I guess, if you had to give stickers out from this game, who are, who are the top people you're, you're giving those out to this week? You know, I'm, again, I'm giving it back to Tommy Eichenberg just because I feel like he led the defense and I, and he did what I expected him to do. So I, I wanted to see that, um, you know, for me, offensively, it, it goes to CJ Stroud because I think with an anemic run game, he kind of just did what, what you hope a Heisman trophy caliber quarterback would do. Mm -hmm. Um, when you, you know, you just, you get into games like that and I can relate one back to when I played, uh, when we went up to Illinois and when we're out in Champaign and it's cold and we're the number one team in the country and, you know, it's the run game, just it just feels like every and, – and I'm sure this is probably what a lot of the offensive linemen felt like the other day. It felt like every time you handed the ball off, whether you checked it and went the other way or whether you stayed with the same side that you were going to on that specific run, it just always felt like the defense had one extra guy there. Mm -hmm. And that you were, you were never able – you were never going to be able to pop the big one. And it just nothing felt good in the run game. That's where the great quarterbacks take over. And CJ Stroud did that for me. So he gets another sticker. Uh, you know, he, I'm the first guy to tell you, Ryan, I hate giving the quarterbacks the stickers, you know, because there's yeah. so many other pieces we can talk about that yeah. go into it. But when you talk about leaders, they're typically the first guy that you look to. And when nothing else is going, I mean, 48, 50, some 60, some rush yards, it was CJ's turn to take over and, mm -hmm. and show why hopefully he does become the next quarterback since Troy Smith to win the Heisman trophy. Yep. And, uh, I think too, like to that point, um, the, 
just improvement in game, I, I think was the biggest thing that I took away where, you know, struggling to even get the ball moving in, in plus territory after the turnovers, you know, settling for field goals. He, there were a lot of um, off throws. Maybe it's a timing thing, you know, with uh, with some of the receivers or it's just out of reach. Um, I remember the one to, uh, to Marvin Harrison that hit his fingertips right as he's cutting out towards the sideline at the goal line and uh, and it just was out of his reach. And so you saw a lot of those early on and, and his ability to really kind of adapt and, and change his game and hit some of the throws that he was able to hit in the second half um, was impressive to me. And, and I think that's a testament to, you know, his his control and, and it makes me more confident in his abilities in bigger games as we get closer to the end of the season and play teams like a Michigan or a Georgia or you know, some of those other you know, tough defenses that are really going to try and test him and test his, uh, his uh, strength and his just adaptiveness in game. Um, and that, that was one that, that really stuck out to me and, and seeing kind of what he was able to do. Granted, you know, maybe he played a little bit too long, but I think you want to also get him in that habit of playing a tough defense and, and really getting back into a rhythm, even in late game scenarios where you're up big. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun. It's fun to watch adaptation. We used we used to call it. You want to be like the dinosaurs? Adapt or die. Yeah, right. Eventually, when there's no food left on the table, you got to find a different way to eat. Um, adapt or die. And in game, you know that's the hardest thing. And and again, I had to deal with it in the national championship game. You know, we're on the biggest stage in 2007, taking on the Florida Gators, and it's mm-hmm. like in game we couldn't adapt. And you just literally, as an offense, feel like you're dying because nothing's working. You know, there's really no game plan. It kind of went out the window. You lose one of your best athletes. Um, and and it's good to see these young guys and, and this young coaching staff. I mean, let's not beat around the bush here. I mean, Ryan Day and Brian mm-hmm. Hartline, these cats are my age. You know, they're, they're not very old. And there's a new way of coaching out there now. And there's a younger, there's a, there's a strong uh, – uh, supply of young, healthy coaching talent coming in um, through the college ranks. Yep. And so Ryan and Ryan are not, they're, they're not going to um, make the right call every time. But I think the way the kids respond to them offensively and you know how they respond to Jim defensively, it's a good sign. And it's a good sign moving forward to let mm-hmm. you know that, hey, when we get into a tough ball game, we can figure this stuff out. Absolutely. And you, you mentioned something and I thought about it this weekend and, uh, and it, it just reminded me now, but I want your, your thought on this because, uh, the Ted Ginn injury in that game, um, still have flashbacks, you know, of nightmares of, of that. But I, uh, it, I thought of it because it, I always cringe anytime somebody scores and it's either the lineman or, you know, they jump up to, you know, another receiver or what have you, but that throw them in the air. And I'm, I always cringe that like they're going to come down wrong on that foot and and get hurt. But um, friendly fire, man. That's, that's yeah. my Vietnam, man. It's like it's just everything was wrong. You're just with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, from from that point forward, and I always felt like I jinxed us because you know we're we're kind of huddled up at the 20 yard line in in Glendale, and I remember you know, we would always say. Let's huddle around to 2025 because typically Teddy was going to get it out past the 25. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to be about 10 yards behind when it all was all said and done coming out of, uh, uh, of the special teams play. And I remember just watching him take off and looking at the rest of the offense from the 25 yard line thinking, Hey, nobody said we couldn't blow him out in the title right. game. You know, because <laughs> nobody gave Florida any credit for, and it, we hadn't played for 51 days since Michigan. Mm. They had two weeks extra because of Thanksgiving and then the championship game for the SEC. And so nobody thought that Florida could beat us. And and, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, maybe they were all right. And then phew, yeah. three hours later, reality set in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately. But I was this always... Is you, this is how you're going to go out as a Buckeye. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, yeah. You never... I mean, it's never... Uh, good situation. I always kind of go back and I'm like, man, I wonder how that game would have been different if, uh, if that didn't happen, but I always oh, cringe now I mean, and I want to, it's different for yeah. sure. I wasn't sure if I'm the only one that, uh, that cringes on celebrations like that. And I'm like, Oh, just please to me, no. it's basketball court. When yeah. I see these guys doing it in the final four, cause that's my favorite tournament out there, man. I see some of these oh, guys yeah. dogpiled on hardwood and hardwood is not forgiving. Like I would not want to be the dude on the bottom of that. No, absolutely not. I don't want to, be a guy on the bottom of any dog pile, hardwood, grass. I don't care what yeah. it is. You got 300 pound men on jumping on top of you. No, was, no, thanks. I was stuck on the bottom of a pile in training camp one time with AJ Hawk and I had blocked AJ and it was a really nice block on my part, but I, uh, the running back had cut off behind me and somebody scraped behind from AJ. I think maybe the defensive end from the backside made the tackle and it came right on top of me as I'm like trying to finish off AJ and pancake mm. him. And it's a hot ass day out right over there at the Woody Hayes outside morning practice. Everybody's pissed because we're like two weeks in. Everybody's sore, like don't want to be there right now, you know. And I want to bolus and you could just you could feel as I'm on top of AJ, all these bodies coming down mm-hmm. on top of us. And we're like, it was almost like a garbage compactor was pressing our bodies into the ground. And wedging us in. And I'm looking at him and I can hear him hollering. And I'm over there like, I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. There's no room under there to breathe. Because you talked about it. 300-pound dudes. Like five, six, seven. Yep. Here's another. Here's an eighth one. It's like, there's no room to even compress your back. Especially think about your shoulder pads are on. They're yep. all strapped in tight. You got all those guys on top of you. And you really just kind of have to hold your breath and stay calm. Not Stay to mention home. all the uh, all the the stories you hear of what happens at the bottom of piles and yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but we'll 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 uh, save that for another maybe another vault story you know yeah. at, at a later time. But um, well, hey, of, well, I'll put that one back here. We'll dig into yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, kind of what you mentioned though. You know, in regards to the, that Florida team and just like you know, you, nobody had that expectation of that team being able to to beat Ohio State. So after this weekend, you know, we've had a couple weeks where there have been some top matchups. You know, you've had people that maybe are more exposed as um, yeah, their weaknesses, I guess, are more exposed. So from this past weekend, we've got the the CFP rankings coming out. The first week of those come out next week. I'm curious your kind of thoughts and takeaways from this weekend. Who who would you have right now in the playoff uh, if you had to pick? 
Oh man, you know it's uh, it's kind of tough because I mean, pretty much the the same old same olds have really kind of shown themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. between Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, I mean, I don't, I, I I've told you before on the show, I want I want to see Tennessee get in. I think it's good for the SEC to have new blood. It was good for Georgia to win the national championship. Nobody wants to just see it be Bama all the time. You know what I like to get. Wouldn't anybody, all of us in Columbus, wouldn't any Buckeye want to get another piece of Clemson if we oh, could yeah. make that happen? You know, beat Michigan, get Clemson, let's say, in the first round. Um, It goes one, four, two, three, correct? Yep, yep. I don't know how that, could all, how that could potentially all shake out, but maybe Clemson finds some way to the number three spot if Alabama knocks off. They could see Tennessee again in the championship game, right? Some somehow does it shift out that maybe we get a chance at Clemson? I think that would be cool because I think we've always had plenty of payback coming for them. You know, yeah. ever since that horrible ass targeting call and that guy for sure caught that ball and turned up field yep. and made a move. And that was a strip and that was yep. a touchdown. You know, you felt cheated and robbed. So would I like to see Clemson get in there selfishly so we can get a shot back at him? Yes. Um, I don't really want to see Ohio state, Michigan, both in the top four after we just beat them. When mm-hmm. we do beat them and get that payback, um, and I and I like, I like the reigning national champion to be there. Um, so Georgia, and, and so I mean that's kind of I think I'm kind of calling a shot here. Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee handles their business, um, and then we'll see how that works out for Clemson. So it really, it could end up being Ohio State and Tennessee. And again, selfishly too, I wouldn't mind that because we talked before about uh, my boy Alex Golish, the OC that's there now. He's a former Ohio State guy, so. Either way you shake it, I think we get a we get a matchup with some orange. Yeah, yeah, I would I would take either. I mean, you know, being in Nashville, it would be an interesting, uh, interesting right environment. To fire boy, I mean, it would be. Uh, I would I would gladly accept it because I I still think I mean, their UT's defense is awful. Uh, I think they're hundred and second right now. They remind me a lot of of last year's Ohio State team. Great offense. <laughs> but terrible defense. And so, you know, I, I think it's similar to what you would get with an Alabama game. It's going to be a shootout. And, you know, I, I like the way that our defense has been playing enough to at least get enough stops to, uh, to, to get them, uh, you know, in the lead late and, and really be able to, to take that game over. But then I would have bragging rights over all of the state. So I, I would gladly accept that if it, if it came down to it. I don't know that they're going to beat Georgia, so to me, it, you're to me, it's probably Georgia, Alabama in the championship. And if Alabama beats Georgia, then you've got a one-loss Georgia and one-loss Alabama SEC champion. So it would likely be those two. Um, you know, if Tennessee beats Georgia, then you know, is Georgia left out because they, you know, let's say they don't get into the SEC championship game. I, I agree with you. I don't think the the loser of the Ohio State Michigan game would get in. I think there's too many kind of of those one loss teams that would wind up being conference champions, and I don't see the uh, the Michigan game being close. So I don't think it's going to be close enough to to give them the nod because I think we just I, I don't think it's I, I really don't I, I think this team is really out for for revenge from from what that team has been saying. Uh, over the course of this entire off season from what, you know, the, the talking heads have been saying about this team being soft. And, and I really think they're going to come out and punch them in the mouth and, and never look back. So I think that that loser is just going to the Rose bowl. 
Um, and then, you know, you have maybe a Clemson. I don't, Clemson to me hasn't looked like a top four team. So it's tough for me to say that they would be in. But I, at the same time, if they go undefeated, win the ACC, then I don't think you can leave them out either. You know, a TCU sitting there at number eight. So yeah. do they realistically think that they're ever going to be able to jump up over top of even a one loss Bama? Probably not. Um, was interesting to see. I'm as big of a Brian Kelly hater as there is out there, man. But to, to see them chip off uh, in pretty good fashion by what? Uh, so I think 24, 25 yeah. points. Ole Miss. That was, that was a strong performance. I mean, Oregon UCLA kind of uh, dis, you know disappointing was hoping to see with UCLA coming into the league into the conference that they would be able to handle their business and still keep doing some good things because even though they're they'll be in the following year you know it's always good mm-hmm. uh, good foreshadowing but um, I guess as you really start to look at uh, defensively that those are the things that kind of win you championships I mean would Ohio State's defense give up 24 points to UT Martin you know Tennessee's like you said they're 102nd in the country I hadn't seen that number and that was surprising to hear you say that to me that they're over outside of the 100 mark so you're put at that point you put a ton of pressure on Hendon Hooker you know offensively for them to score points it's going to be at a premium Um, and then you just Hope that you get a performance like Alabama where you're yep. in it at the end and you can, you know, you, you, maybe it's just a magical season. So hopefully that is for Tennessee. Again, I'm, I'm pulling for him. I'd like to see him do some good things. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll see again, like you got that matchup in a couple of weeks. I think, uh, if Ohio state wins this weekend. It wouldn't surprise me if they jumped to number one, uh, if it's convincing yeah. especially, but then I think whoever wins that game next week in, uh, in Georgia is probably going to, going to be top of the rankings again anyways. Um, and, and I, I think it's going to be Georgia, but I, I, I agree. I, I would like to see somebody other than Georgia and Alabama be competitive in, in the sec and being kind of involved in that conversation. Um, and Tennessee's the, the logical choice right now, like to the, to the old miss point, I did not see that happening. I saw they were plus at one and a half and jumped all over it because I just could not see, uh, them, get, them losing, to LSU, let alone losing the way that they did. So I think you learn a lot about that team. You learn a lot about Mississippi State getting steamrolled by Alabama. You learn a lot about the other SEC teams as well. And it's a three-team race there, in my opinion. And, you know, it'll come down to next next week's game, most likely who's going to be in the, the SEC championship game. And those two teams probably are the two that make it in. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, college we'll football see. at its finest, man. Coming down the line, I mean, heck, this is uh, this is Ohio State's biggest game coming up. I know we're going to kind of segue into that, man. But I think everybody's kind of had uh, the Nittany Lions circled, you know. To me, mm-hmm. uh, you, the way Michigan beat up on them, you just hope that we see the same thing. You know, people make a lot of comparisons, but you know, time only time will tell on that. Yeah. And it's tough, too, because, like, to that point, you know, I mean, they made the comparisons this week against Iowa, obviously, um, you know, but you also have the the consideration of Michigan went to uh, Kinnick, uh, you know, played yeah. played on the road. We're going on the road to play Penn State. Penn State went to the big house. So, you know, what kind of difference does that environment make when it comes down to it? Right. I think... It'll be a similar, you know, I, I'm not afraid of Sean Clifford. I'm not afraid of, you know, what James Franklin is doing there, to be honest. And the fact that it's not a whiteout game, I think, is also in our favor. You know, and, and being at noon definitely helps. 
Yeah, it does. Whiteouts are not fun over there, man. No little something about that. I mean, it's it's enough to completely take you out of your offensive game plan. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's a lot of things that you can do to prepare for going on the road. Um, you know, we used to always crank up uh, a lot of high uh, crowd noise and and even just, you know, they, they flip on some, you have a DJ come in and just mm-hmm. play music loud as possible inside the indoor facility at the Woody A's. And it's still nothing near as deafening as what it was like in Happy Valley that night we were over there in 2005. I mean, my, my center, Nick Mangold, is two to three feet away from me. And I couldn't, all I could see was his lips moving. He's making the call and you can't even make out from two to three feet away. So I know the coaches talked about up in the press mm-hmm. box, they felt it shaking underneath them. It's a great environment, but we got a little bit more chilled out at noontime. So that's, yeah, you're right. That's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it'll be loud. I, I It's going to be a tough environment. It always is regardless of time. So I don't, you know, they won't be as drunk. Yep, exactly. It's loud. <laughs> But they won't be as drunk, and it'll yeah. be at twelve o'clock. So yeah. it, it's let's just say it's that much more manageable. Yeah. So, and and I guess to that point, do you see anything from this team that makes you or gives you pause? I guess for you know the hopes for the Nittany Lion fans out there that they are going to be able to play spoiler and and get the win. You know, I think you have to look at their secondary. Okay, if they. Uh, you know, Joey Porter is a good player. Jair Brown. I mean, he's, you know, they're talented. You know, how how does uh, CJ come back and bounce bounce back into that on the road, in the environment, with the elements, all that stuff going on? Um, I don't ex- – I expect – typically when you see a, let's say, nonchalant performance from the offensive line at Ohio State, it's always followed back up with getting nasty and getting after it. So mm-hmm. – I expect to see these guys come out and get after some of their, you know, some of their younger players. Uh, I know there's a handful of sophomore linebackers. Uh, you know, one of the uh, one of the defensive ends, I believe, is a is a transfer guy who's pretty good. Chop Robinson. Uh, I'd like to see how the battle, individual battles there as well, mm-hmm. uh, coming off the edge. But I think they, I don't f- expect them to slow the run as much as Iowa did. So I don't think C.J. Stroud is going to have as much on his plate, which will open up the run game, essentially that opens up the pass game and maybe CJ will be able to pick on some of those guys. But I think it's a more talented secondary than what we've seen. Um, Defensively get after Clifford. And I I don't think you're going to have any issues. You know, that seemed to be the recipe for, for the Wolverines get after Clifford. Don't let him get hot. You know, some, some decent little weapons that he's got with Parker Washington. I'm a big Caden Saunders fan. Got a chance to call him out of Columbus when he's Westerville South, uh, called a couple of his games. I know that, uh, the young freshman drew Aller behind uh, Sean. Clifford. So, you know, I hate to ever foreshadow anybody's injury or leaving a game, but I could see potentially Sean Clifford, this defensive line with Mike Hall and these guys getting after him. Uh, I think there's going to be not that there's a, a need for, but I just think the type of cat Jim Knowles is there's going to be an elevated level of defense this week yeah. and an elevated level of let's get to this dude who just, I believe became the only, the second 10,000 yard passer in Penn state history this past week. Let's get well, out. He's been there long today. enough. So I would hope so. You know, I mean, right. It feels like he's there forever. <laughs> and I see him like, okay, I'm over here. Like, uh, who was the last dude to do it? When yeah. they're asking the question, I'm like, Todd Blackledge. You're like, no, Trace McSorley. I'm like, God, he was there yeah. for like seven years. Yeah. Like they've had the same two quarterbacks for like the last decade, at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, 
it's hard not to to be the stat leader, you know, in, in those cases. Kind of similar yeah, to, I, to JT Barrett. I mean, his, him being at Ohio State for you know essentially the starter for four years definitely yeah. helped his uh, statistical presence in the numbers. Right. Nobody's going to sit here and probably say that Sean Clifford or JT Barrett was the best line or best quarterback to ever yeah. line up for either squad. But you know, the numbers don't lie, and and it's just it's it. It's eye popping. So as a defensive coordinator, I guarantee the message to the front seven is let's get after this dude's ass from yep. the first snap all the way through. Let's not let him get this ball off. You know, let's uh, uh, quick stuff. Don't even let him breathe, which uh, just and I love that they're, you know, I, I, I've watched, I try and focus in on their offensive line a little bit. I know they've had a uh, they've had some injuries, some shuffling around Bryce Afner, number 72. I always key in when I see a number 72 out there because it's, it's all about the number, man. So mm-hmm. if they're not living up to the number, whatever team they're playing for, you know, I'm going to let yeah. them know about it, but I know they shuffled some guys around Their Their centers probably got the best, li- uh, the best lineman name in the country, juice Scruggs. Um, but yeah, I think, that's a center I name. think we're to their shuffle. I think our defensive line, our front seven, I think we're going to have our way with them. I, I guarantee there's going to be, Jim Knowles is smart. He's getting paid to be smart. Mm-hmm. He's going to throw something. He's going to throw a little wrinkle out there defensively that we probably haven't seen all year just to keep Michigan up late at night. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to me to see the, um, the product on the field after you, you hear all the reports that, you know, Jim Knowles is consistently saying that they've still only shown about 20% of, yeah. of the defensive playbook and, and saving a lot of it for this week, you know, specifically. He'll, 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 sh- he'll show a little bit of that out there just to keep the Wolverines up at night thinking, you know, a couple weeks down the road, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, he did. Wow. Why did he do that? Whoa. What's this here? And, you know, it's enough for you just to fool your own self because yeah. unfortunately as players and coaches, sometimes we just overthink things too much. And that's when bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Just be natural, go out there. You know, Hey, if somebody walks up in the A gap, take them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, and that's been a big difference too. Like you see the, the guys just actually staying in their appropriate lanes. They're in position where they yeah. need to be. And, you know, it wasn't the case last year. You had a lot of confusion, just people out of position, and that leads to big plays. And, you know, you, you see a lot of the guys that are, you know, I, I remember a play from this past weekend, Zach Harrison blew up a, a stretch play off to the outside, and you just see his long arm just stick <laughs> out and just corrals the guy and brings him down behind the line for a tackle for loss. And, you know, it, that was a play that last year probably would have gone for 15, 20 yards, you know, because they would have been out of position somewhat or, or overplayed it, you know, even a little bit. So uh, I, I agree with you there. I think they're going to, they're going to have their way. I'm curious to see, you know, this will probably be the, the best running back that we've seen so far. Um, Nick Singleton, um, he's, he's had a dynamic year, uh, so far, but I think that'll be a good indicator too, as we kind of, you know, start again, getting into those, those better offensive lines, better teams, you know, and what we would see potentially with like a Blake Corum as we get closer to the end of the year and, and closer to the Michigan game as well. It's going to be your same old, same old when it comes down to big 10 conference games, you know, tough, tough matchups like this, when you're talking about the, uh, the elite level. Uh, of the Big Ten when Penn State and Ohio State get together. It's just like football up in the Northeast Ohio area. Who can establish the run first? Who can establish the run the longest inside of that game? You know, if you win the line of scrimmage, if you win the rush game, if you win the turnover battle, I'm going to give you probably 92 to 93% chance to win this game. Yep. Whoever wins those three categories, that's your telltale sign. Control the ball, 
secure the ball, control it, and uh, and dominate your opponent in the trenches, you'll win this ball game. Yeah, and I and I fully expect uh, all three facets to to be won by Ohio State. Um, crazier things have happened, obviously. You know, it's it is uh, also Halloween weekend, so you you never want to say never. <laughs> you know, they're going to be out there tailgating even earlier now. Oh, so yeah. that's all it doesn't matter because they're going to start drinking. They won't go to sleep from the night before because it's trick or treat. Fair. So well, fair. They're doing that. As long as there's, uh, let's say, no asteroids come in and like block the sun at, at noontime, nothing crazy. Like, yeah, we won't see that crazy happen. Yeah. So we're still going to be lucky that the sun's out. I don't know what the weather's supposed to be like over there, but um, I know that we don't have too many nice warm days left. But, uh, you know, you, you, I think a lot of times you you think of some of those old throwback Penn State, Ohio State games when it was cold and it was nasty towards the end of the year. And, you know, this is uh, this is a game where you want to see just a nastiness from your boys up front. You need to have that. You know, it's it's always it's always a physical battle when Penn State, and Ohio State get together. To me, this is our second behind what we have with Michigan. Yep. Michigan is the greatest rivalry in, in college sports. Right behind that biggest rivalry for Ohio State is Penn State. We're right next to each other. A lot of us all grew up playing the Big 33 game against each other. I know they don't do that now. They've kind of shifted. I think it's Maryland and Ohio that do it now, like back in the day. Um, but we all, you know, we've we followed each other. We compare ourselves to each other. Who's tougher, state of Pennsylvania, state of Ohio? And, you know, it's uh, there's no love lost, man. So go get it on in Happy Valley at noontime. Let the rest of the chips fall where they may. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun weekend. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, and then we'll get into November. We'll get into that contender month. So contenders, contenders, right. here we go. That's right, baby. Well, that's going to do it for us. TJ, thank you uh, again for joining as a, it's uh, always a pleasure talking. And, uh, you know, I know we, we can get a little long winded with, uh, with these episodes, but, uh, but all great content conversation. Uh, and there's plenty more of that both at BuckeyeScoop.com as well as via the Buckeye Scoop YouTube channel. Um, just search BuckeyeScoop at YouTube.com. Be sure to subscribe, like this video, and check out all the other amazing content like The Vault. I know we're going to have some some more uh, episodes and, and stories here coming out from you later this week. So be sure to subscribe and, and stay up to date with those as they are released. Again, TJ. All right, guys. Stay tuned, man. See you later, Scoop World. Ryan, later, man. Take it easy.